0: All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we're going to pick up in chapter 9 of the book of Exodus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this evening for your Son. We thank you for the opportunity we have to close out our Lord's Day looking at your Word. We thank you for the opportunity to study this morning, to learn of you. I pray, Father, that uh, you would guide us this evening as we continue to study the book of exodus and although this occurred uh three to four thousand years ago father we uh, it's very relevant to us today as you deal with uh pharaoh and as you're dealing with uh, moses aaron and the chil- children of israel we too can as much of this these stories that uh, can be applied to our lives we thank you for answering prayer on behalf of so many we pray again for mike uh, tonight he is uh He's in a step-down unit now, and we play, pray that you would be with he and Sheila and uh, those that, again, extend care to him. We thank you for answering prayer on behalf of Neil, uh, for Deborah and Roy and Deborah's uh, brother. We pray for Robbie, the upcoming surgery. pray for Tiffany uh, Aguire here in a couple of days and the donor. We pray that you would likewise be with them and guide those surgeons and those teams of doctors that will be working Um to, uh, transplant, uh, the livers. We are grateful for your grace, for the opportunity we have once again to be in your house. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. All right. Let's look at, um, chapter nine and the, uh, I'm going to read it in its entirety and then we'll come back in began to look at uh, the individual uh, plagues. So what we have here is the fifth, the sixth, and the seventh plague. They are now happening in somewhat rapid uh, uh, rotation, one right after the other. So here Moses is writing, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go into Pharaoh and tell him, Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go that they may serve me. For if you refuse to let them go and still hold them, behold, the hand of the Lord will be on your cattle in the field, on the horses, on the donkeys, on the the camels, on the oxen, and on the sheep, a very severe pestilence. And the Lord will make a difference between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt, so nothing shall die of all that belongs to the children of Israel. Then the Lord appointed a set time, saying, Tomorrow the Lord will do this thing in this land. So the Lord did this thing on the next day, and all the livestock of Egypt died. But of the livestock of the children of Israel, not one died. Then Pharaoh said, and indeed, not even one of the livestock of the Israelites was dead, were dead was dead, that the heart of Pharaoh, but the heart of Pharaoh became hard, and he did not let the people go. So the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Take for yourselves a handful of ashes from a furnace, and let Moses scatter it toward the heavens in the sight of Pharaoh. And it will become the dust in all the land of Egypt, and it will cause boils that break out in sores on man and beasts throughout all the land of Egypt. And they took ashes from the furnace and stood before Pharaoh, and Moses scattered them toward heaven, and they caused boils that break out on sores on man and beast. And the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils, for the boils were on the magicians and on all the Egyptians. But the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and he did not heed them, just as the Lord had spoken to Moses. Then the Lord said to Moses, Rise early in the morning, stand before Pharaoh, and say to him, Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, That my people go, that they may serve me. For at this time I will send all my plagues to your very heart, and on your servants, and on your people, that you may know that there is none like me in all the earth. Now if I had stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, Then you would have been cut off from the earth. But indeed, for this purpose, I have raised you up that I may show my power in you and that my name may be declared in all the earth. As yet you exalt yourself against my people and that you will not let them go. Behold, tomorrow about this time I will cause a very heavy hail to rain down, such as has not been in Egypt since its founding until now. Therefore... "'Send now and gather your livestock and all that you have in the field, "'for the hail shall come down on every man and every animal "'which is found in the field and is not brought, brought home, "'and they shall die. "'He who feared the word of the Lord among the servants of the Pharaohs "'made his servants and his livestock flee to the houses. "'But he who did not regard the word of the Lord "'left his servants and his livestock in the field. "'And the Lord said to Moses, "'Stretch out your hand toward heaven.' That there may be hail in all the land of Egypt, on the man and on beast, on on every herb of the field throughout the land of Egypt. Moses stretched out his rod toward heaven, and the Lord sent thunder and hail, and fire darted to the ground. The Lord rained hail on the land of Egypt. So there was hail and fire mingled with the hail, so very heavy that there was none like it in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. And the hail struck throughout the whole land of Egypt, all that was in the field, both men and beast. And the hail struck every herb of the field and broke every tree of the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, there was no hail. And Pharaoh sent and called for Moses and Aaron and said to them, I have sinned this time. The Lord is righteous, and my people and I are wicked. Entreat the Lord that there may be no more mighty thunderings and hail, for it is enough. I will let you go, and you shall stay no longer. So Moses said to him, As soon as I have gone out of the city, I will spread out my hands to the Lord, the thunder will cease, there will be no more hail, that you may know that the earth is the Lord's. But as for you and your servants, I know that you will not yet fear the Lord. And the flax and the barley were struck, for the barley was in the head and the flax was in bud. But the wheat and the spelt were not struck, for they are late crops. So Moses went out of the city from Pharaoh, spread out his hands to the Lord, and the thunder and the hail ceased, and the rain was not poured on the earth. And when Pharaoh saw that the rain, the hail, and the thunder had ceased, he sinned yet more, and he hardened his heart, he and his servants. So the heart of Pharaoh was hard; neither would he let the children of Israel go, as the Lord had spoken by Moses. Unfortunately, this is a very, very sad chapter. It teaches us about uh, <clears throat> essentially the hardness of man's heart in the face of divine judgment. We'll see this, and I'm not going to elaborate on it this evening, but we see this in the book of Revelation. That even in the midst of great tribulation, you still have multitudes of people. In fact, the overwhelming majority of people that don't take uh, the events that are are happening seriously and they uh, actually call for the mountains and hills and so forth to fall on them and hide them from the face of the Lord. So their hearts are so far removed that there is no desire for repentance. They would rather die than repent. And it's a similar thing that we see here. So this, again, when you start to add up the plagues that have already occurred, this is the fifth one, or we're halfway now through the plagues that uh, have been poured out on uh, Egypt. The first, of course, was the changing of the water uh, into blood, and then the frogs, and then the lice, and then the flies. And now the plague moves to uh To livestock, it moves to animals that have material value, and this is one of the reasons, as we see as we go through this, that uh, now the Lord not only is uh, is destroying their livestock, he is also destroying the means by which many of them make a living so uh It's just a sad statement of affairs on pagan people, about pagan people. So in mercy, because of this, God tells, again, Moses to go to Pharaoh so that Pharaoh has an opportunity to repent. Now, this is the fifth plague. The sixth plague, that doesn't happen. Moses stands before Pharaoh, but he doesn't beseech Pharaoh. God tells him, not to, uh, uh, literally, doesn't make him stand or doesn't have a conversation with Pharaoh. And, of course, the same message again. In verse 1, it says, the latter part, let my people go that they may serve me. Now, we begin to see, perhaps for the first time in the Old Testament, go into Pharaoh and tell him, thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews. So the Lord is focusing on his covenant people, and he's reminding Pharaoh and the Egyptian people that his people will be treated differently. Now, that obviously doesn't mean that all the Hebrews knew the Lord, nor will we see all the Hebrews in glory. But we will see a number of them. We will not see, as far as we know, any Egyptians. And perhaps a handful after the Passover takes place. But this is the judgment of God. And when the judgment of God falls, it falls rapidly. And God himself is not man, so he doesn't repent. So Moses says, the Lord God of the Hebrews now, and I think this is the first time That uh, Moses is instructed to tell Pharaoh in this nature, Uh, and he says, "If you refuse to let them go, the hand of the Lord is going to be on the cattle. It's going to be on. Notice he says, cattle in the field, on the horses, on the donkeys, on the camels, on the oxen, on the sheep. A very severe pestilence. Now, there's a difference because when we come to the, the the plague of hail." The understanding here is this is stabled livestock. This is not the livestock that is in the field. So there's still apparently some livestock that still may be living. And the other thing, too, is if it falls only on the on the cattle and the donkeys, the horses and the camels, on the oxen and the sheep, that still leaves pigs, it still leaves goats, leaves a number of other types of livestock that uh, are not... Uh, uh, affected, but in any event, this is uh, the old King James calls it a murrain. It is some type of uh, um, probably bacterial or a viral infection that passes from animal to animal, and it's and it's uh, a cross species type of infection. It's something that is so severe that it doesn't discriminate between the cattle, the horses, the donkeys, the camels, and and uh, so forth. So there are two things that are clear here. The first thing is that the Lord is making sure that Moses tells Pharaoh that the people of Israel belong to me. They're not yours. Uh, They've been in your land for 400 years, but they're not yours. They're mine. And I will do with them what I choose to do with them. And secondly... Pharaoh was to let the people go because Jehovah told him to let the people go. So the, command, the, the, the commands of the Lord are not, uh, don't uh, discriminate against those that know him as the, as father God and those that don't know him. So the commands of the Lord are ubiquitous. In other words, they go forward to saved and unsaved alike. The Lord is not, at this point, he has offered mercy and grace to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh has has refused. So this is for the Lord himself, and obviously the children of Israel are recipients of what's taking place here. We talked a little bit this morning about uh, uh, submission within the church, and we'll continue that next Sunday morning. But similarly, when we look at this passage, We must treat each other well not only for the sake of others because we're commanded to do so but also for the Lord's sake. This is something that pleases the Lord that we take care of each other and we owe it more to Him and you and I then become byproducts of our allegiance and our devotion to the Lord because of our care for the family of God. And you will notice that Moses writes, there's a very severe pestilence. And none of the livestock of the Hebrew children are going to be killed. And so Pharaoh yet again is warned uh, the livestock. And when you start to look at this, Pharaoh himself, it is estimated that Pharaoh had literally thousands of horses and camels. Uh, his army is, uh, uh, is devastated with this because they, they moved by these animals. So this takes place, of course, and it damages the livestock. It uh, essentially, except for some that were sheltered in some fashion, were all severely damaged. The overwhelming majority of them died. But not the livestock owned by Israel. Uh, Hit the the next slide if you would, Tim. So we've talked previously about these plagues being focused on a specific uh, demigod in the uh, pantheon of the Egyptians. And this particular uh, god is Hathor, uh, the mother goddess in the form of a cow. And if you... Have ever done any studies or seen any documentaries about the hieroglyphics and so forth that the Egyptians used to, to catalog their history? You will find that often you will see an image of uh, of cattle more so than you see of horses, and of you do see some chariots, but you see them more so in the form of a cow, and that's because one of their gods uh, was uh, the mother goddess um, because of the Uh, the cow's udder and the fact that life would spring from her so that's one of the gods they worshiped and so it was a direct attack on that particular god of course it did not exist Um, in addition the uh, Egyptian religion considered cattle sacred and the cow was a symbol of fertility now there's another uh, there's a there's a religion today the uh, the Hindus Uh, still in some places, worship cattle. And so this type of, uh, these pantheons, whether it be Egyptians or whether it be Greeks or whether it be Assyrians, whether it be Romans or whether it be uh, Indians, they tend to gravitate from one culture through to another because really, as Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. So this is the attack on the god Uh, Hathor. Now, in antiquities, I found this very interesting in doing the research, but there's a battle, or there's a record of an Egyptian battle that the Egyptians lost because their enemy understood that that, uh, the cows were sacred And so being somewhat superstitious, perhaps, and certainly somewhat uh, smart, they put a herd of cattle in front of the advancing Egyptian troops. And so the Egyptians would not shoot, would not harm, would not kill, uh, or focus their energy on the opposing army because they were afraid they were going to kill sacred cows. So this is recorded in some of the uh, antiquities that go back thousands of of years. So Moses tells Pharaoh uh, that the Egyptians are going to, uh, excuse me, the Israelites will be spared, and Pharaoh believed it enough to send messengers to confirm that indeed, as the scripture says, so nothing shall die of all that belongs to the children of Israel. So there, we see some minor changes in the heart of Pharaoh, but it's not repentance. And we know that because we know the end of the story. He's inquisitive enough to send maybe some of his soothsayers, his magicians, his priests into the land of Goshen to confirm uh, those animals, and no doubt Pharaoh also took some of those animals, if not all of them, back uh, or to to be his. he certainly could have um, done that S- it still didn 't change his heart, and that 's the sad thing three times in this in this passage uh, we find we find uh, in the um, uh, the, the plague of the hail that takes place, we find Pharaoh saying, uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to cry uncle. And Moses, <laughs> Moses tells him, uh, okay, he says, I know as soon as I've gone out of this city, you're going to change your mind. That's your history. Everyone has a tell, T-E-L-L. And your tell, Pharaoh, is that you're not going to change. You're going to lie to me and to Jehovah about what you're going to do, and then you're going to change your mind. So that's exactly what takes place uh, here. So let's look at the sixth, and we'll close with this this evening. The boils. And the fifth plague is announced. The seventh plague is announced. This is the sixth plague. And every third plague, the Lord doesn't announce them. So the boils come without any previous announcement. Now we have moved through uh, water. We've moved through uh, insects. We've moved through frogs, amphibians. We've moved through livestock. And now this is the first plague where people are attacked. So all of the, each of these intensifies as we go forward. And you will notice that... Uh, The Lord says in verse 8, Take for yourselves a handful of ashes from a furnace and let Moses scatter it toward the heavens in the sight of Pharaoh. Now this obviously doesn't cover all of Egypt. This is just symbolic. But he says, I want you to do this in such a fashion that Pharaoh can see you. So where this was, and they would have used the furnaces obviously as kilns for the brick. So wherever they were at this particular time was, was close to a construction site, and that's what Pharaoh does. I mean, excuse me, what Moses does. And the Lord says it'll, it will become fine dust. It will cause the boils to break out in sores on men and beasts throughout all the land of Egypt. So there were some beasts that remained, okay, probably those that were confiscated by Pharaoh. And they took ashes from the furnace. They stood before Pharaoh, and Moses scattered them toward the heavens. okay. Similar to today when folks are cremated and you take the ashes and folks and their wills will say, I want you to go to wherever, Mount Everest and throw my ashes to the wind. Well, this is something similar that we see here. This is a sign, this type of, uh, of imagery is a sign of death. And so what Moses is doing as he's declaring that there's going to be another great plague, and this one is going to be more severe than the previous five. So they scattered them toward the heaven, boils that break out in sores on man and beast. The magicians could not stand before Moses because they had boils. But the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and he did not heed them just as the Lord has spoken to Moses now we're not told that Pharaoh has the boils the assumption is that he does and that his household would have had them uh, so in the in the midst of the severity of personal now physical attacks brought about because of Pharaoh's disobedience he still does not Repent. And it sets the stage for the seventh. And we're going to stop there this evening because this is um, the, the seventh. Uh, this, this storm and a series of storms that we see here is, is very significant in the preparation for the coming of the Passover. And I want to spend more time on that the next time we come together. So they're ashes from a furnace. They would be black and fine. Uh, one of the commentators uh, said that uh, it could be like soot very very fine powder and so this was passed along go to the next slide just in the event that I have more on this particular Uh, yeah soot that caused the boils to break out it's the third in the second set of three so it came without warning um The Lord did not show mercy to Pharaoh at this time. Pharaoh doesn't repent. And so for the first time, the lives of humans are attacked. They are endangered. And it was a foreshadowing of the tenth and the most dreadful of all plagues. That's why we're coming into these last three plagues that are just, they're horrible. The word for boil in Hebrew means to burn. So some type of painful Skin inflammation that uh, impacted these poor people under the leadership of a very, very wicked individual. All right. Any comment or questions on what we've covered this evening? Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, as we read this passage of Scripture, we are reminded that the exodus that occurred for your people uh, from Egypt to the Promised Land came about at great cost for the Egyptian people and eventually, Father, great cost for the Hebrew people. But you are reminding us that uh, we're to heed uh, your word, heed your direction. I thank you for these that are here this evening. My prayer is that you'd about and be with them. Keep us safe during this coming week and bring us back again when we can study your word together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.